we are Carlos and Mary Block. Um, Mary was a missionary in Peru for one time. I came back looking for jungle ministries opportunities in 2011. Uh, together we met the Yanisha. And after that, we get engaged. Mary, uh, here we are. Yes. As we got to know the Yanisha, we realized they were living in extreme poverty, and their churches were small and elderly, so we needed to come alongside them in a more holistic way. So we expanded the ministry to start reaching out to youth and children through the schools, and we began partnering with organizations like Engineers Without Borders to build clean water systems. Due to lack of youth ministries and local places for them to hang out, have a fun and further the education, we are building a training center uh, focused on them. It will be a place that wanna have a, a rich sports, camps, retreats, and agricultural institute to combat poverty and be able to disciple them. We would really cover your prayers as this month is the only month we're going to be able to do construction at the site this year due to the pandemic. Our Yanisha leader, Juan, is able to go, even though we can't. He's there with the team of local guys who've been building with us over the years. And we just want to pray for opportunities to share, for uh, salvation, and for safety on the work site. Also, another big goal this year was to move forward in church planting. We all were at a training together in February with Juan. Um, and obviously that hasn't transpired as we had hoped, at least on our end. Uh, but we're just praying that Juan would have opportunities to connect with people so we can do more with church planting in the near future. And a third request would be for the Yanisha's spiritual and physical health, that the Lord would just protect them from COVID, and that those who have Bibles, those who know the Lord, would really be sharing with their friends and neighbors and would be an encouragement to them during this challenging time. We're praying for revival and spiritual awakening. Uh, Waisera sent a great team two years ago for first time. We love to host more of you, mm-hmm. but it takes a, a person and a couple to volunteer to be a point person. Please pray for that person. Maybe it's you. And if you'd like to keep in touch with us, of course, we have a prayer letter. You can email me if you're not on it to let us know. We'll put you on our list. Meredith.block at efca.org or carlos.block at efca.org. We also have private uh, group pages on Facebook and Instagram called Blocks Peru News. So if you just look for that, um, we can invite you into to those groups to get more updated information. Thank you so much for your faithful support to our ministry over the years. May the Lord continue using why set the free to bless the nations. Thank you. Hey, good morning, Wyzetta. I'm Dick Augustine, and I would just like to take a couple of minutes to thank you so much for your generous prayer and financial support uh, over the last seven years for myself as I have traveled to Ethiopia many times to minister on your behalf. The core of our ministry is through developing community Bible studies, And I serve as the ambassador on behalf of CBS International to Ethiopia. Uh, I would like to share a screen with you if I can do that. And um, just let you know that we have over 18,000 studying God's word uh, in Ethiopia. Many of you who have traveled with me have heard 
powerful and exciting stories of how God has transformed lives. And one of my favorite stories is that of this elderly woman whom I met. Uh, She came to Christ through her CBS class, and as a result of that, she denounced her lifelong practice of meeting with witch doctors and consulting sorcerers. And even during the great challenges of uh, the COVID pandemic, uh, classes are being formed over 100 in the last two months, but many of them are forced to meet under trees such as this or a tree like this. Uh, Never underestimate the value of a single tree or the truth of the fact that God's word will not be denied. We also work with... um, a group of 140 women who have been called the forgotten ones. Many of them are widows, but they have had hope restored in their lives for the first time as Wyzetta Free has provided funds for 10 sewing machines, materials, and fabric. And uh, several teams of women have gone from Wyzetta, traveled with me to teach these women how to sew so that they can earn a living in a very dignified and safe way. Uh, Courtney Block has been instrumental in this uh, ministry and has worked to develop a loving relationship with them. We call it giving these women a hand up, not a handout. They're not looking for a handout. They would like to become self-sufficient And we do all of this in the name of Jesus, and with tears in their eyes, they have many times asked me to tell you how much our church means to them, even though we are more than half a world away. And then finally, we've been working with two orphan centers. Here you see some of them, and a center uh, that works with children of women who are coming out of uh, prostitution. You see Dave Otteson and myself, and Uh, Tadesi with some of those children. We have helped feed them, clothe them. We have taught them Bible stories. We have provided school supplies for them, served them meals, and just simply loved on them. At one of the centers, we have prayed two years in a row over 150 children individually. We take each one and pray for them. One of our preschoolers dug into his own piggy bank. And he had been saving for some time for something that he wanted uh, very much. But after hearing the story, he told his mother, I want to give everything that I have. He came up just short of $30 for one pair of shoes, but he managed to get that. And he gave everything to buy one pair of shoes for a child he did not know so that child could go to school. So along with all of you, even the youngest in our church, are learning how to make a difference in God's kingdom, and I thank you for that. You have helped bring many to Christ, and you have allowed our teams to be the hands and feet of Jesus through your support. Uh, Please feel free to contact me through the church office. I'll buy you a cup of Ethiopian coffee, my treat. Perhaps consider going with me the next time we're able to go. Hello? Okay, I don't have my glasses on. I see nothing. (laughs) Okay. Okay, can you see this picture? 
does anyone know, 12 years and under, what the name of this wonderful mountain is? It's the highest mountain in Africa. Anyone over 12? Where's David? What is it, David? Mount Kilimanjaro. And he and I were there recently, or in November. I'm Dorothy Hansen. I was on staff here for 17 years as the kids' pastor. And um, so I've been very involved here at the church. And when I retired, I continued here. And one Sunday, three years ago, this lovely lady, Mama Betty, came in our front door and I met her and I was able to talk to her in Swahili, which I think freaked her out a little bit uh, because I had lived in Africa half a century before and I had learned Swahili. So we hit it off right away. I became part of a team that went to Tanzania last November with David Wheatman and uh, George Kenworthy, Pastor George Kenworthy uh, Jr., I call him, and my daughter Hannah. We wanted to see Mama Betty's school and see if there were projects we might do together. And her school is MSTVT, so it was Wyzetta Free and MSTVT. That's my fourth grade poem, okay? All right, Mama Betty. Uh, she's from East Africa, uh, Tanzania specifically. She's the founder and director of Marangu School of Tourism and Vocational Training. She has degrees in accounting and finance. She's an educator, former member of parliament, has four daughters, and is expecting her fifth grandchild in January. Welcome, Mama Betty. Thank you. Uh, Mama Betty, I have some questions for you, if I may. Um, What led you to create Marangu School of Tourism and Vocational Training? Thank you. Thank you, Dorothy, for your good question. But before I answer your question, I would like to thank the leadership of this church and the congregation, my brothers and sisters, for allowing me to stand in front of you, but also for sending a team to Tanzania last year. Thank you so much. I would like also to thank the chairperson of the outreach board, Tammy, and and her other members for putting us in in their plans. Now back to your question. Um, establishing the school came as a, a, a give back to, to the Lord. Because we imagine that we, we had a family, we have children, we educated, we educated the children. And here we have the youth in the community who are just hanging out the idol. They are drinking alcohol, they are smoking marijuana. And we said, what can we do to help them? So we took up our property in Kilimanjaro and we renovated the buildings and we established a school so that we can give them skills. And these skills, we imagine that after the two-year course, then this youth, a girl or a boy, can go to the community and get small, small contracts to, (coughs) to be able to get money and this is going to alleviate the, the, the poverty from their family. Okay. So lifting up the youth of your community, and then they can return it back into their community. Yes, yes. But you're doing it as a thank you to God 
for yes. all the good things that were in your life. Yeah, because we are not getting any profit, we just have the fees and we turn it to the, to the operations of the school like that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay, how does God fit in with MSTVT's goals? Well, uh, God has been with us since we established this. I would say even the idea of wanting to establish this came from God. And the um, students and faculty members and staff, before we start classes every day in the morning, we have to go for prayers. We teach Bible study and Bible knowledge in, in our classes. I mean, among the classes which are supposed to be taught. But we, we liaise with the church, which is in the neighborhood, they are like our spiritual guidance to us. And our students sing choir in the school, but also they go to sing choir in the churches around. And the, uh, the board chairman, the board chair, I mean, the chairperson of the board of the school is a retired bishop of the Evangelical Lutheran Church of Tanzania. So we love Jesus, all of us, the students and us. So we believe God is going to be on our side. Good. Okay. So what are, uh, let's see, what brings you the most joy from this huge project? Well, the great, my greatest joy to see the students um, graduate after the two years, the two-year certificate. After graduating, they go and look for employment or they create their own employment because I know after getting a certain skill, you can go around and try to get some work from there. And then another joy is to see the school grow. Once you, you, you have more students coming to school, that means more families are going to be elevated from poverty, and that's my greatest joy. Okay, and then what are your most critical challenges uh, that you face today? There are many challenges we have because we are only three years old now since we established the school. We have the youth on board now. We have the boys and the girls. We have managed to put up a hostel for girls, only four rooms, which we can accommodate only 24 girls, vis-a-vis 20 rooms which we are supposed to have. And we managed to put only two rooms for the boys where we can accommodate only 12 vis-a-vis 20 rooms which are required. So we still have, we still, I mean, we need accommodation for the youth. Another challenge is that um, we now have the students on board. They eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner, but they need somewhere to sit so that they can eat the dinner and lunch. So we need a cafeteria or dining hall, let's say. And this can also be used by the community for the other local functions like confirmation, baptism, at a small fee. Uh, the last one, um, we have a lot of dropouts in the school because of the poverty they have. And the, once they come to school, they pay first semester, second semester, third semester, a child drops, I mean, they use dropout because you cannot pay the fees. So we really require sponsorship so that they, they can stay in school and finish up the two-year certificate and go and look for jobs. We require sponsorship. So we are humbly asking for your support in every form. We would like to invite you to Tanzania to visit the school to visit Kilimanjaro, 
but also to see the many wildlife in Tanzania. We'll be your host. We have a guest house on campus. You'll be safe. Please, Karibu. Karibu means welcome. So she says, if you want to see Mount Kilimanjaro and the animals and the school, come stay at MSTVT. Um, so the needs, again, were uh, rooms for the students to stay in, mm-hmm. cafeteria, and, and uh, oh, support for students who are dropping out because they don't have money. Yes, please. You know. Okay. All right. Um, if you want to talk to Mama Betty afterward, if you have questions, or look for the big cheetah. That is a life-size cheetah that will be down at the end of this hall, and Mama Betty will be there keeping it under control, and then you can come and see her. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Julianne Radica, and I am so thankful that you have chosen to worship with us here at Wyzetta Free this morning, whether it be in person or online. It is so good for our bodies and souls to gather together and uplift him. Today is Global Serve Sunday, and part of our global focus today is that we are kicking off a special offering that will go directly to our global partners. So if you are interested in giving a gift, you can either go online to our website or the app that we have and earmark a gift as Thanksgiving Global Gift. And this offering is going to continue through Thanksgiving Eve. Also coming up is um, just, I mean, look outside and the leaves are turning so quickly. I can't believe we are moving through October. Halloween is just around the corner, and for the last several years, our Trunk or Treat event has been just a great outreach resource for both our community and the children within our community, as well as um, the children within our church. So a couple things for this event. We would love for you to come and join us on that day. We are asking that members of our congregation who are interested in coming around and trunk or treating themselves sign up for a time slot on our church website, wisettafree.org. We are also looking, because we provide free candy and mini donuts throughout this event, we are looking for candy donations. So you can bring those to the church and drop them off in the red bins that'll be right by the main entrance exit doors. Finally, if you are interested in hosting a trunk or being part of our event team, we ask that you contact Sarah Galligan at sarah.galligan at wisettafree.org. Thank you. Sorry. 
please stand and sing with us. David Stavros. Hi, I'm Gina. 42 years ago, we moved from Oregon to Minnesota to receive a call from Wyzetta Free Church to be their youth pastor. Eight years later, eight years later, we were called, commissioned, and sent by Wyzetta to Lima, Peru to head up a, a church planting team. After having planted the church, we were then called to start a small group ministry among business leaders, professionals, and elected officials. While we were working with leaders on, during the week, we worked on the weekends with children, street children. After gaining, gaining their trust, they took us to their homes. We were appalled about what we saw. Abject, it was heartbreaking. Abject poverty, loneliness, despair. Moms who were, who were losing the battle to meet the basic needs of their children. God impressed on our heart and gave us a desire to work in prevention, to keep the kids off the street and the nuclear family intact. So we began to pray. And to make a long story short, we began working in a community that was similar to the one that we had visited, with no paved street, no running water, um, no sewage system, and um, shacks on top of, uh, built on a garbage dump and landfill. From the very beginning, we established a partnership with the people who lived in this community. We gave ourselves the name, the title, Friend. We lifted up Jesus and did our work in his name and in his spirit. And then we had two areas where we focused on to begin with. That was health and Bible study. Um, I started a Bible study. And at the beginning, only six women decided to participate. And um, their anger, resentment, and, and bitterness slowly began to disappear, although their, their physical circumstances had not changed. And because their life was so, was so radically changed, many people became curious. And as a result, now there are hundreds of people that are involved in Bible study, worship, and praising Jesus. With a friend of doctor friend of ours, we started a medical post to address the malnutrition in the community. And that medical post 
it now is a clinic in the same area and it this last year um, the administration was passed to Peruvian leadership after 10 years of very difficult living this community was able to get their running water sewage system and most of the roads right now are paved God is good we have um, an outreach English camp, and each year, Wyzetta sends um, a group of teachers, assistants, and helpers um, and to, to teach these over 600 children. And it, it's a really exciting time, and that would be one way that you could become involved in the ministry in Peru, is participating in one of those trips. One of the things we're really excited about is that Jesus established a very strong leadership team it's responsible for many, many Bible studies. And homes for teenagers. We have two homes for teenagers at risk. One for girls and one for guys. So we're there to give them an opportunity to become followers of Jesus as servant leaders and to learn a trade which helps them break the cycle of poverty. And this, in the next couple of months, our, our desire, our hope, our dream is to be able to start construction on a new girl's house. We're really excited about that. But today, Peru is still in a state of emergency. Um, even after more than 100 days of military-enforced um, quarantine, COVID is rampant. In our community, many are sick and some have died. Um, and you, some of you have, have helped with um, food assistance, medical assistance, with um, hygiene kits. And we just really appreciate you. We invite you to go to our website, PeruvianPartners.org, to learn more about our ministry. Thank you so much. Hi, everyone. We are Travis and Anna. We are serving in East Asia. We partner with an organization there that's doing Bible translation, and we're serving and working among a people group that we've nicknamed the Fire People. Because of where we are and the situation where we are, In order to have good access and relationships with the people, we'll be owning and operating a business. Living and working with the fire people of East Asia, we truly try to live out the greatest commandment, which is to love the Lord with all our heart, with all our understanding and all our strength, and also to love our neighbors as ourselves. So in light of Jesus's teaching here, We're just really excited to be sharing God's love with the people through the relationships we build, through the partnerships we have. We'll be providing access to God's word. And every day we just want to be sharing the hope and love of Jesus and the gospel. Travis and I absolutely love Wyzetta's mission, which is to serve the West Metro in the name of Jesus. We're so thankful for Wyzetta and for all of you, because through your partnership, we're together able to extend Wyzetta's mission to East Asia. We live in an apartment complex in our city, and it's it's really fun because we have a dog as well. Whenever we go outside to walk our dog in our complex and just walk around and try to get to know people, all the kids, whenever they get out of school and they're there, they always want to come up to us and they go uncle, uncle, auntie, auntie, and they just have these questions, and they're so curious, and it's just so fun to get to know them and to just be a member of society along with them. Another great avenue that I have found for building connections with different people 
is um, through my photography. I love taking pictures and I love taking pictures of people and going around the town and finding cute little areas that nobody probably thought of to take a picture of. And people are always so curious, oh, what is this foreigner doing taking pictures? And it's a great way to start a conversation. And when they realize maybe that I was taking a picture of them, they get a little shy and a little nervous, but then they like get these huge smiles on their face and they want to see their picture and they want to see how it turns out. And it's, it's a great way to build connection and it's a great way to get back in touch with the people so that I can share their pictures with them. There was a couple Western style supermarkets we could go to to do our shopping, but we would often choose to go to just the wet market and just the regular day-to-day market that so many of the locals frequented. And we were able to build relationships with some of the uh, meat sellers or vegetable sellers at the market. I remember we had this one lady that we would just go to her to buy our chicken breast. Well, one day when we were going to the market, we were going to buy the chicken breast. And she was already working with another customer, another local lady, And they were kind of talking, and the other customer, like, they had finished the transaction, and it was just chit-chatting. So the other customer, you know, asked the lady, like, asked the shopkeeper, like, hey, do I need to let you go so that you can help these foreigners? And and the shopkeeper was just like, oh, no, it's fine. Like, they're my friends. They're just here for the chicken breast. Like, I don't really know why. Like, I don't know why anybody would just buy the chicken breast. But, hey, you know what? That's what the foreigners like. And so it was just really cool to see, like, she remembered us, she enjoyed helping us, and, you know, it's just those kind of relationships that are so fun and really impact Anna and I and how we see our mission in East Asia. We are continuing to do language learning here in the States. We wake up early in the morning and try to connect with some of our friends back in East Asia. And we just talk and chit-chat and try to push our language forward and push our conversations. And so prayer that that would continue to be a fruitful thing and that we would continue to build some of these relationships. As we're trying to transition from the visas we're currently on onto work visas because that will allow us to actually start the business that we want to start and really be able to stay long term. In light of the coronavirus, we are back in the States right now and we're not able to return to East Asia yet. And so we would ask that you would join us in praying that the doors open soon for us to be able to return. Thank you, Isetta. Thank you. We really appreciate this opportunity to share and commune with you all. Hi, we're Howard and Marilyn Plusser, serving with Reach Global. We've been with Reach Global for 36 years. We've had six different job titles, and right now we're the directors of the member care team. During this time, Wyzetta has served us as prayer partners and financial partners for several of those years. We are so grateful and thank you. So we forget to say thank you at the end. I'm saying it now. We've served in three countries, living in three countries, Japan, Philippines, and Hong Kong. And we have served staff in Asia and staff in Europe. We spent a lot of time traveling, and that's why we're not, never at Wyzetta, it seems like. But we are home now. We are grounded from international travel because of COVID. And during this time, we've been 
just as busy as we ever have been, only now it's by Zoom and by Teams, Microsoft Teams. So Howard's going to tell you a bit more about our ministry. As you can imagine, because we're the member care team, we're a pretty relational bunch. And so to have our contact with each other reduced to a screen, whether it be Zoom or Microsoft Teams, is kind of hard for us. We do have monthly check-ins with our staff as we steward them hopefully well. We have monthly team meetings by Zoom. And in May we had our member care team meetings over three days by, you guessed it, Zoom. We're hoping to have an in-person meeting in January of 2021. And um, at this point we don't know if we'll be able to have that or whether we will have to be on screen again. So pray for us as we plan and pray for the encouragement of those who give encouragement to our staff around the world. Marilyn, what have I missed? Well, I think in general you can pray for our staff around the world. They've gone through some of the same things you have emotionally with COVID, and they struggle to figure out, okay, what does ministry look like now? And so they've kind of gone through the stages of culture shock the honeymoon stage, we're figuring it out of how to serve and how to um, spread the good news by technology. They're still doing that. But then there's the frustration of what's happening and how slow the progress is. And then they adapt and they're doing that. Also suffering grief to a certain extent. There's loss during this time as there is for you and for our staff around the world too. So pray for them. They're busy in ministry. They need your encouragement. Thanks so much for praying and for being so kind in your support of us. Yes, Poland is beautiful, and we are grateful for your prayer and financial partnership that enables us to share the gospel there. Hello from Minneapolis. Even though we are grounded from Poland because of COVID-19, we continue to serve our missionaries virtually via Zoom rather than face-to-face. Our main role as pastors to missionaries is to serve the Lord by shepherding the flock of 41 adults and their 57 children serving with international messengers in Poland. These missionaries live in 18 cities throughout Poland. It is our joy to visit in their homes each year, love on them and their kids, speak in their churches and meet their friends. Because of COVID, they are facing many of the same issues as families in the U.S., such as mom and dad doing ministry via Zoom, the kids home from school, being bored, trying to do homework and fighting with each other over their limited internet bandwidth. Yet the Lord continues to use these cross-cultural workers to do evangelism and discipleship in Poland. One of the signature activities of International Messengers is putting on evangelistic English family camps where Americans come and share the gospel through English classes, Bible reading, games, and fun activities as we share our lives with them and build relationships of trust. We started doing the evangelistic English camps in 1997 and have participated nearly every summer since that time. 
Since 2010, we have seen 20 to 30 people make decisions for Christ each summer through our camps. Another aspect of our ministry is helping equip young adults in missionary training through the IM training centers in Libby, Montana, Odessa, Ukraine, Beirut, Lebanon, and Alexandria, Egypt. We have had a part in the training of eight classes whose graduates are now serving in 16 countries. Another part of our ministry is to help churches recover the practice of biblical discipleship that was almost completely lost in Poland during communist times. Generally, most pastors have not been discipled nor seen it modeled. Therefore, it is difficult to put into practice. To encourage them, we have been leading weekend retreats and seminars in churches on making disciples Jesus' way. Our goal is to train and release believers to help fulfill the Great Commission in Poland. As you pray for us, please remember these two requests. First, for the Lord to give success to the Poles in their evangelistic outreach this summer. Secondly, for Polish pastors and lay people to vigorously implement discipleship in their churches. As we close, enjoy the singing of In Christ Alone, sung by 17 Baptist pastors in Poland. We have the privilege of ministering with six of them. Thank you, Jesus. Hello, everyone. Let's see if you can do better than first service. When I say, Sambonani Bazalwan, you say, Yebo. Sambonani Bazalwan. Yeah, yeah. In African churches, there's a little bit of attitude, and there's a lot of conversation back and forth, so it's kind of nice to have that. So we are the Berkeleys. My name's Garrett. This is my wife, Allison, and these are our offspring, um, we have Sailor and Jameson, Afton, Harlow, and Kruger. These two were born in, in South Africa while we've been serving there for the last three years. We've been serving with an organization called Iris Global. We've shared with you guys a couple times about the work we're doing there. Um, it's a base in, in White River, um, South Africa, rural South Africa. Um, we, are li- we are living on site at a children's village, an orphanage, um, and... There's a Bible college, there's a feeding program, and there's just a, a lot of different ministries with working with sex, work, sex workers uh, who are in the brothels or just meeting them on the streets. And so uh, we were there for a year the first time. We came back and we shared with you again uh, two years ago. Then we went back, and right when we got back two years ago, they said, 
you guys are in charge of everything now. So the base is yours. <laughs> so the last two years, we've been the directors of the base. So we just got thrown into the, into leadership. And, um, it's been great. So, uh, one of the first things we noticed, um, cause we were living, uh, uh, at the children's village is, um, even though it's still, uh, a horrible tragedy that there's so many orphan children in Africa. But we realized that there's actually another problem, too, of so many of these kids actually have homes. They actually have family members that are out in the community and that they were essentially just abandoned because the family just couldn't take care of them. Um, and so we, we thought that was actually a problem that could be fixed. So in the first year that we were uh, in charge, we did a lot of mission just going out and trying to find family members in the bush at the farms, just anywhere that we could go. And in the first year, we were able to reunify 25% of the kids, which we just thought was, was really awesome. So I think Allison wanted to share more about uh, what life was like just as a family. Yeah, so um, when we became the new directors, um, part of what we felt like God had sent us there for was to show them what a family can look like with with a husband and wife and children, and um, that even though they came from really, really bad backgrounds where maybe one or both of their parents died, um, there was a lot of neglect or abuse, um, that they could still have a family someday. Whether that was at the children's village, if that was going to be where they were raised, um, or whether it was getting them um, back with a member of their family, uh, an aunt or uncle, a grandparent, um, someone like that. So... Um, we just tried to model family and model the love of Jesus um, as best as we could as a family. And um, as you saw some of the pictures of our kids, with those kids, they were just the, their their best of friends. Um, I was just kind of mama to, to 30 kids at a time, and um, it was just such a joy for us to be able to serve uh, in that capacity. And Sailor wants to say a few words. Hello. My name is Sailor, and in Africa, I had a lot of friends that I loved to play with, and I shared my mom and dad with them because they didn't have a mom and dad, and I I told them about Jesus, and I gave the love of Jesus to them, and we loved to dance and sing. Thank you, Sailor. Um, another uh, big project that we worked on was um, by the time we got there on the base, there was a uh, an old uh, big building that was supposed to be a community center that the the mission had been trying to build for years and had just been sitting there unfinished. So we um, we really wanted to be able to host teams better because um, the teams were coming all all the time from around the world. So we put uh, emphasis on that, and within six months, we were able to finish the building that could house a hundred people. Um, so that was a, a big accomplishment, but of course we finished the building in March. So all two years of planned uh, teams coming to visit was canceled. But the kids weren't going to school, so now we have a school. So uh, we were teachers now all of a sudden. So all of the missionaries on the base we were just taking all the kids from the children's village up the hill into the community center, and we were just um, doing school there for the last six months. I don't know how long it's been. So that was, that was uh, really amazing. Um, and then the final thing that I wanted to share was a, a big thing that was on our heart because we were there for three years and we were 
our visa was coming um, to an end uh, pretty soon, and so I actually found uh, a young man from our church who grew up in the church. Uh, he had a passion for ministry, and we really wanted to see the ministry become more uh, self-sustaining by locals. Um, we just felt like that was what God was doing in the moment. We, and then in hindsight, now we can kind of see that because of COVID, that is uh, really necessary. So I actually took this guy under my wing, and he was working along with me, kind of my assistant manager, for about a year. I was just teaching him everything, and then a couple months ago, we were able to promote him to the new director, and we were able to step back. And so now everything there uh, can just work and actually thrive with just the locals managing everything. And missionaries coming in, whether they're short-term or long-term, are just extra help, which was really important to us. So uh, now they're doing really well, and we're back. Uh, we did move back just three weeks ago. We were able to get uh, kind of emergency repatriation flights. Uh, so 48 hours of flying with with little ones, <laughs> and uh, we're here. So we're happy to be back. Uh, we look forward to connecting with all of you. So, But um, before we go, I just want to say thank you to Isaiah Free. So many of you um, individually as well really supported us a lot financially and with, and with prayers. Uh, it was just very important to us to have that support. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, so I just want to end uh, praying for uh, all the missionaries that are on the field right now. And then Andrea's going to come up in just a minute and, and finish the service. So pray with me, please. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Spirit of God. Thank you for joining us in this room today. And we just pray for a blessing and, and a powerful move of your Spirit in these countries. In Peru, in Ethiopia, Southeast Asia. Thank you, Jesus. So we just pray for a blessing over Tanzania. We just pray for your favor. We know that you started a work and that you're going to finish it. Lord, thank you for the work that's being done in Tanzania already. We ask for your provision and your hand to just be upon this ministry. We love you, Lord. You are worthy of our praise. We worship you. You're holy. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Spirit of God. Amen. So this is our daughter, son-in-law, and grandkids, so we are super, super thankful that they are all back that they had such a productive three years uh, in South Africa and for all that God has next for them. And um, just (laughs) a great day to be able to celebrate our uh, people who are out on the mission field. And like they have all asked, just remember them through this holiday season. Uh, Many of them still have not been able to see family or probably won't for a while. And some were sent home and won't be able to go back to where they're serving. So thank you for your prayers and your support. And you're free to go. Thank you.
Trusting God that never fails will not fail me now. You won't fail me now in the waiting. The same God who's never late is working all things out. You're working all things out. And yes, I. 